0: Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life, in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get
1: turned on. Here we go. That's right. You know, we, we are hardwired for connection and connecting is one of my favorite things to do. And I had the opportunity, Angelique, recently to, I told you, as soon as I came home, I go, I met someone this past weekend um, that was extremely powerful. Mm. And I started to tell you about her and it was part of a, a book. It's called Powerful Female Immigrants Who Inspire Greatness. 24 stories of, of women who have come to this country and really turned their lives into something meaningful, but more importantly, the powerful to dream big. That's what we're about here. We're about dreaming big. We're about doing big things. And this was one of the most powerful people I met. And the one word that I can use to describe her – well, I would say she's God-centered first. <laughs> but the the other word than that is she's ambitious. I just – she walked around this event with a sense of ambition but kindness at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, like very welcome, and welcoming and open. But you can just tell she was focused.
0: Yeah, laser. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and, and I really admire that. And, and we're raising three young ladies in this household. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I see a young woman or uh, anybody that is really ambitious – and then um, I know that they're doing great things. You know, I want to tell their story. I want to bring that story to other people. And um, she was there with her daughter, and her daughter was ambitious too. Her daughter was only uh, 12, I believe, and she had already written her first book. So we're going to have <laughs> – she's our guest today, but I'm going to let Angelique introduce her to you her, because her, her bio is extremely impressive.
0: Her bio is as long as, you know, both of my arms put together, and I might be here for a while. But I'm, I'm just going to give you the cliff notes because I'm going to let her tell her story Um, And I'm really inspired by her and and just the background as well with, you know, becoming, uh, coming to this country as an immigrant. I mean, I was raised a second generation um, immigrant. So because my family came from Greece, but this woman here has seen her fair share of adversity. And we're going to learn a little bit more about what that actually did in terms of her resilience and how it created her to be who she is. But she's a 10x Best-selling author, keynote speaker, TV host, and producer, founder and CEO of IP Resilience Global, where she inspires men and women in leadership. And she's a direct descendant of Armenian genocide survivors during World War I and survived the wartime in the Republic of Georgia right after the collapse of USSR. And this woman is going to talk to us today about the power of no and resilience, and how that is going to lead into your greatest successes in life and victory. She considers herself a masterpiece <laughs> of the Lord, and I love that about her, and that's how we have her here on the Turned On podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Ilona Paranukova is here
2: with us today.
1: Ilona, how are Thank you? Thank you for
2: being I'm. I'm excellent. I'm excited. I'm ready, so let's do it.
1: Okay, so one of the first questions, I know I know a little bit about you, but I'm really interested to hear it from your perspective. We asked people what was their turned on moment? When did um, we're gonna learn about the adversity, but when did things change for you? What was the aha moment where you said this is where my life is calling me to go?
2: Well, some people expect that things would happen overnight, but for me it was a journey. I was rejected as a child because my dad didn't want me, because his firstborn was a girl and he wanted a boy. Uh, my relatives from his side, Armenian side, called me ugly because I did not resemble them uh, as my mom being from Ukraine and looked like Ukrainian. I had the blonde hair, blue eyes, light skin, so they called me ugly. And uh, the, the priest at the church did not want to give me a second Christian name because mm. I didn't look like Armenian.
0: Mm. So
2: he, he gave me the name that I hated the most in my entire life. My boss told me that I cannot pursue education because of my lack of speaking English. And uh, uh, my doctor said that I cannot do anything with my legs, otherwise it will be all demolished. So there's so many things in my life that I have encountered by hearing no, rejection, no. But people do not realize that no is actually fueled people. That means next. And it took me a while to realize that those people who told me no in my life did the best favor in me by making me who I am today because I have entered the beauty pageant and I won, so my family stopped calling me ugly. Mm. I, uh, I finished my mass marathon and triathlon with a medal without any problems. So I finished my education with a 4.0 GPA, became a student speaker, entered my master's, became a student speaker. Now I'm working on my doctorate. So every time people say no to me, it's uh, now I I want it like fueling in my life. When they say you can't, I'll turn around and I said, watch me. Mm.
0: You certainly have. I so, I'm reading again just deeper into your bio and I'm thinking all these times that you have been rejected and told no and I'm like, Wow, they just basically filled her tank. You know, it's yes. like it's like going to the gas station and filling up. And you, you Oh my gosh, they
2: have no idea.
0: Yeah, you took that fuel. I mean, like you just said, you're um pursuing your doctorate and it's family Christian counseling and a PhD in Christian philosophy, philosophy. um, or yes. master coach and identity guru empowers people to find their voice in the darkest of times of their life and imparting courage and self-confidence um, so they can to experience liberty. Liberty at its best. Yep. Boy, if there's anybody that's liberated, it's got to be you.
2: Yes, it's, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling, Angelique, to kind of uh, use that. And God, throughout this time, removed people, places, and things from my life, Detox. He did use those people to not aggravate me in my life, but to show me what I've got. Because the Bible does say, right, you will never... God will never let you go through things that you are not capable of, Mm. which means he trusted me so much. Even though I was very timid girl, I was shy. I was very quiet. You know, God knew that there's some fire inside of me that I should not keep silent or quiet. So he said, you need some kind of disturbance in your life. You're Uh too comfortable in being who you are. You know, let, let me do something. So you will be excited about who you are. I'm, so excited for who I am it's like
1: thank you god oh my gosh that's so, so i love the way she worded that um a disturbance in yeah. my life cuz most people when when they hit, when they see these disturbances come mm-hmm. they think it's the enemy yeah. and they say um this is disturbance is going to is going to hurt me it's going to bring me down it's going to make me fail and it's really a matter of perspective um mm-hmm. obstacles challenges are put in our way that's how we grow you know if angelique and i look back on our life even now, um, as we got ready to do this podcast, you know, a new house and things are not put away. And that's so trivial in the scope of things that you've gone through. But Angelique's lost two parents. Um, she's had both knees operated on. Um, we've, you know, the bigger things in life. And, and when we look at them as opportunities to grow, that's, it's, it's our life's resume. And that's how when we talk about iron sharpens iron, and we talk about godly people getting together and lifting one another up. Let's go back to early on because so much of who we are is formed in our childhood. And I loved when you introduced yourself and you told those stories about, you know, I didn't look like anybody in my family and they did, you know, um there's there's physical challenges. What was the earliest age that you can remember where you said you were told no, and you said, I'm going to change it, and I'm going to turn this into a positive. Was there a situation early on in your youth that you could remember where you did something like that?
2: Uh, if it wasn't for my mom during this situation, I probably would not be able to see who I am. Mm-hmm. Inside of me, I always knew I was a different, uh, different person, but society was telling me that I have to be like everybody else. I grew up in a Soviet Union country. And that country didn't li- limit yourself and prohibited you to dream. And inside of me, I'm like, God, this, this is, that was burning me down. That was bearing me down. I-, I always wanted to wake up with a dream. So it actually brought a little bit of tears in my life. And I was always asking God, who are you? Because we were not allowed to know who God was. Mm -hmm. G-O-D and word F-R-E-E were not in the vocabulary during the communist time. If you want something, you have to get it and work hard for it. And I think that that particular thing in my life that I don't have to beg people to help me, that I have to work hard for who I am, I think made me who I am today, even though I didn't understand what it was to be, be a child who can dream. Wow. I didn't understand who was the, what was the childhood, what was supposed to be about. Is that end result to be like everybody else at the end, working hard, you know, going to work nine to five, uh, exhausting? Um, I don't want that lifestyle.
1: Wow. I don't
2: want to get up every day and just, you know, just limit myself to ability to work to work and come back I wanted to do something more I wanted to have a purpose in my life that hunger that makes me jump out of my bed to start my day and that hunger I found when I was climbing my tree in my almond tree that's when I found myself the most happiest person because I was falling from the almond tree, I had scratches, I had bruises, but that made me happy because I tried something in my life that others would not.
1: Wow. And
2: that made me know that dreaming is possible. You want something, do something different. You know, get bruises, get scratches, get falls, get broken bones, but that made, let me know that, hey, don't let anybody limit you. You want to climb the tree? Go for it. You want to get that, you know, this bad disease from eating the dirty almond? Do it. But it's your dream. You have to try something in your life that will make you jump out of the bed to meet the day.
1: Yeah, we talk a lot about um, ambition. And I think some people take freedom in this country for granted because they've never, yes. they've never been without it. And that's why when I heard your story and the other 23 women that were powerful immigrants that had started their own businesses here, um, I thought these are stories that every single American needs to know because if you take something for granted because you've always had it, then you don't know what it's like until it's taken away. And I remember one of the girls saying, one of the hardest things growing up in a communist country was there was always this fear of being stopped and questioned. Like you you could never just go anywhere, and you were always – Uh, She said, I always was under this fear of someone questioning me where I was going or what I was doing. Um, And for you as a young lady growing up and seeing ambition, what would your message be to not just specifically women and young women, but just to um, in general to young people about how to chase their dreams and what, what does freedom mean to you?
2: First of all, I would say that um, people are afraid. Of the word fear, or feeling of fear, or experiencing fear, fear can do two things. First of all, motivate you to do something different, or stop you to pursuing what you you feel it's right to do. So I use the fear to guide me because I've tried things that I could not imagine trying. That and trying new things, having fear guide you. That made me to discover my passions in my life, what I am good at in my life, what I really want to do in my life. Mm. So I'm encouraging every single person to use the fear because fear is, is yes, you, you can be scared of fear, but that, that feeling itself gives, brings you curiosity. What if I don't try it? What if I don't climb the tree and fall from it? What would happen? I probably would have sit in a in a living room and just watching the TV and and be satisfied with my life. But I want to ask people, what you know, don't live with regret because fear sometimes makes you live with regret. Um, when you want to try something, when you want to pursue something, because even Thomas Jefferson, when he said to this country, right, pursue your, uh, your, right, everybody has a right to pursue their happiness. What pursue at that time had a different meaning, which means he wanted us to practice the happiness every single day to find something that makes us happy. I found falling from the tree made me happy Mm -hmm. because I tried something. It made my bones stronger. It made my uh, physique stronger, right? So pursuing the the happiness was the daily practice in my life. I wanted to do something every single day that fear, um, that fear would turn from fear to faith. So now I started to believe myself. It guided me. It, it coached me on a daily basis. So uh, people are afraid of fear, right? That's kind of like a very strange combination. But I use fear in my life because it makes me curious. What is out there? What can I achieve? You know, when both told me I cannot you know, pursue my education, I w- turned around and I wrote 12 books. Mm-hmm. I my my um pre- uh, president of the master's degree program he said if you're not going to publish your thesis I will. <laughs> so so this is you know God is really amazing how he's turning us around and he uses our imperfection to do something spectacular in our life and I love how different I am. I love in fact, that I have a different skin tone, different hair color, different eye—you know—eyebrows, you know, different eye color. That I am—I have an accent. That I am different. I celebrate who I am versus hiding myself who I was.
1: Amen.
0: Yes, and I love when you talk about fear. I've—we've said it on the podcast a thousand times. You know, fear is an indicator. You know, yes. and we have to ask ourselves, like, what is that? And what are we indicating ourselves to ourselves? Or what is honestly, like? what is the enemy trying to stop us from that God has for us? You know, because yep. fear is a tool of the enemy as well. And so we have to ask ourselves, where, is he trying to shrink us down and pull us back and, and steer us away from the reward and the favor that God has for us? And which are we going to choose? Are we going to choose the favor? Or are we going to choose, choose the fear to overcome us? And I love the fact that you used fear as, as that indicator. So when you say yes. almond tree, like you were physically climbing an almond tree is this is
2: is oh yes yes see I don't know this part of your
0: story this is really cool and I know that there's a book you have a book about um an almond tree correct what's the title opium
2: opium of the almond tree because it's about finding your true self and finding your happiness like this aroma of the almond tree made me happy I
0: love almonds and
2: I feel (laughs) I know right They're so good for your life. They're so essential for you. People in America only eat the hard one and they think it's right way. But I ate while they were still chewable, while they were green Mm. and uh, before they got ripe, because we were so hungry in our life during the war that before anything was ripe, including the raspberries, strawberries, anything that was growing, before it got into the ripe shape, we would consume everything. And I praise God, and I'm so amazed how in the world did He not let us be sick or be terminally ill by eating the dirty food, raw food, and you know, non processed food, right? And um, we were so stunned how it made us even stronger. Eating-
1: yeah, you know, we call um, resiliency um, a really powerful thing in this world, and whether it's food. Right. When we go into a, a supermarket sometimes and we see the organic food, mm-hmm. it looks beat up yeah. and it, you see the stuff that's has GMOs and it looks like perfect and shiny. And people would think that the perfect shiny food is the one that's better for them. But really, it's the organic that looks beat up because it had to have a certain it amount of resiliency. Yeah. It fought for its life. And those same things that it helped fight for its life in the food are what you're going to consume for you. And and so. There's a resiliency in food, there is a resiliency in our nature, and then there's the resiliency of the Spirit. So tell us how God spoke to you. Um, What kind of personal relationship did he speak to you at your most trying times when you're a super positive person? But I'm guessing that, you know, even with your resiliency and your positivity, that there were times when you, you know, like we all do, we're all human. Hey, God, you know, what's going on here? This is a really tough time. Speak to some of the occasions where you really had to get a personal um, download from God and find out where you were supposed to be next in your life.
2: Well, I was mad at God uh, during the war, our war, during the collapse of the Soviet Union, because the entire country experienced the hunger. The entire country experienced the cold the devastation. The schools were bombed. Everything was, was devastating. The fear was there. The president was killed. It was a chaos. I would go to bed hungry, and I would beg God, please make the night so long so that I will not, and the day so short that I will not experience this this horrible feeling of hunger, because we were literally hungry, and that's what that we all would climb the trees to find the food. So I was mad at God. I was crying at night, and I remember one day He came to me. I'm probably going to cry. But, and he, he, he told me, he kissed me on the forehead and he said to me, it, but I wanted to let you know, as much as I love wealthy people who have food on their plate every day, who don't have to think about what to wear, what to eat, I love you more than you can even imagine. I want you to trust me, trust me in the process that I will never leave you I will never forsake you. And that, when I woke up with that, that, um, feeling that God kissed me on the forehead, He's not giving me that experiences to, to die. He's giving me those experiences to make me stronger because like living in America, living and seeing how much people consume the food, the consumption of food, how much people, how much we waste food. I teach my kids, I tell them, you have no idea what this food is going to meet in your plate. So what whatever you consume today, I want you to appreciate every single bite. And sometimes they always comment, Mama, why don't you eat with us? And now they know why I don't eat with them because I always finish their food. Whatever they don't consume whatever they leave it on their plate. Because I always remember those times. I'm like, God forbid you would ever have to experience what I have. God forbid that any child would have to go hungry the way I did. And God forbid to see every parent crying, not knowing where where the next food would be. And I remember my time in another room, not knowing how to feed us kids. So I pray that my kids and kids of this generation and kids in general will never see that and experience that. And most of all, I pray that no parent would experience that because our kids are everything to us, but not being able to provide the basic needs for our kids. The food is the most crucial thing that parents would experience in their life. So I bless America today. Because America is the most amazing country on the planet that I know doesn't leave their kids hungry. There's so many things out here that um, the parents can experience, that the help, the, the meeting the needs that no other countries do. That so mm. every every immigrant I know appreciates this place more than ever, and I love America more. That anybody else can imagine, even though I love my fatherland, America is my home. And, uh, you know, there's a saying we say, God bless America. But I always say this, America, bless God.
1: Amen. Amen. Wow, that is powerful. As I'm sitting here, I'm looking at my wife. And uh, as a mother, you're speaking to other mothers because there's something, um, when you talk about feeding a child, you know, and how it starts off at birth. And... There's a certain responsibility that I think even goes beyond a father. You know, they call fathers sometimes the breadwinners in the old days, but what what we look at is it's always been the mother's responsibility to feed and nurture that child. You know, in the especially early on when it's an infant, and we're going through that still right now. Our, our youngest daughter's 18 months and she's still nursing, and there's a certain bond there. And I looked at Angelique's face when you were telling that story, and I hope our listeners got that because. You know, the Bible is filled with stories of people who began to take things for granted. And especially when we talk about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. you know, Jeremiah comes on the scene and he starts prophesying and asking the people to wake up. You're ignoring God. You're, 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 uh, worshiping false idols. And the people got so comfortable and they didn't think anything could ever happen, you know, because they're like, yeah, 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 but we're really comfortable mm-hmm. and we don't really need God. And what happened? It didn't turn out good, you know, and and I think there's been so much prosperity in America, but that prosperity has to be fought for. And freedom is never free, as Ronald Reagan once said. And what we see is a generation of people who were raised now, the younger generation of Americans who were raised on movies. And it just seems so far removed that they could ever not be free. Right. Like Mm -hmm. we. We saw it with world war ii and you know i grew up in miami and so i have many of friends who were cuban refugees and people who just had their freedom stripped of them and i think mm-hmm. if we don't know that sometimes it feels like it's a movie it feels like it's a story until it's too late and it shows up on your doorstep and then you're like whoa this is reality and i want this to be a wake-up call for some people out there what we're hearing is a story about feeding your children the very basic needs and how some of us take that for granted and how here's the story of of a woman who came in as an immigrant and never wanted to see that again, and she's so appreciative, guys, of what that means. Angelique, when you heard her say that, what was going through your mind?
0: I mean, there, what wasn't going through my mind, there so many different things. One, as a mother, just imagining... Uh, you know, the thought process of not being able to, like not feeding yourself because you don't want your, you know, you want your children to make sure that they're fed first. And um, and I fully understand that. But then the other thing is just the perspective that she has of growing up in a generation like that, growing up in a time like that and how it's shaped her. And then I also started thinking about how wasteful, so many people can be, and, and and us too. You know what I mean? Just because we didn't experience what you experienced, and and you, we talked about this the other day on a, a team call, just about the overconsumption, just over consuming and not producing, just being a victim of the things that are, you know, we're consuming around us because we just want to take, 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 take in, or just take all the input, and just don't do anything to produce, to create change, to provide solutions and yet you're here talking about the idea of sacrifice and uh, appreciate appreciating what you have and don't let things waste and you know you'll you'll eat from your children's leftovers because it's just it's such a different mindset and we miss that and then there's just you know the fighting for uh, you know the food that you did have before it was ripe and how you know everything in this world is so polished and pretty and it's hypey and the social media generation that we're living in and it has skewed the minds of so many people in our country especially you know it really has skewed the minds and and we there's a an entitlement you know there's there's a false sense of security and need and the way things look, the way things appear, you know, the filters, the polishing, all of that, and and you experiencing what you've experienced and sharing your story just really throws things into perspective. And what I want to ask is, you know, having faced all this this adversity, but also talking about, you know, climbing this almond tree and and using fear as that indicator, and then asking yourself, like, what did you want to do with that? Because you wanted to wake up excited every day. And I know that you coach people. There's plenty of people that listen to our podcast that feel the same way, but they, they struggle with their purpose. They ask them, they are, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I don't know what my gifts are. I don't understand what my talent I don't know how to use anything. This is all I know, and it's a job, right? So mm-hmm. if you were to be coaching somebody, what are, what are some of the things that you ask them to help them find their passions, find their voice, and start utilizing it in a way to benefit uh, the world and community and, of course, uh, their own their own God-given gifts.
2: Oh yes. Uh, first of all, people are not happy unless they know who they are. Yes. Unless they find this confident level inside of me, inside of themselves, and who they are, there's impossible for them to grow and be happy and be content. I was on a search of finding who I am because I was hearing so many voices, so many uh, other op- opinions. Who I was supposed to be versus who God wanted me to be. Mm. So I am helping people to find their authentic voice.
1: So one of the things I really want to ask you about is you're so passionate about all these projects, and you just spoke about how God worked in your life to get you to this point, and believing in Him, and your unique gifts, and how you were created. So let's start talking about some of those gifts. Let's start talking about some of the projects that you're most excited about. I know the book with your daughter was... Was really passion, a passion project for you and her to do together, which I find fascinating and I love. So, tell us about what you're working on and what you're really excited about.
2: Oh, so I'm also working on putting together the power of the 12 C's, the program, the coaching program. So, we're going to be rolling it out um, with a book, with a workbook. So, we'll be able to share it with the people, with the world. So, they will be able to get ignited. So, they will be able to understand that. Uh, some people are afraid. To, and they're so comfortable living inside of themselves and uh, not being able to expose who they are that they live with the regret. So my, my goal is not to let that ever stop them to be who they are and um, experience this, even bruises falling from the trees, scratches, broken bones. So they will find the passion, the most passion in their lives. Because I speak with the people who have a PhD, who are poor with the resources, who are hungry to get what they want in life, and who are determined not to stop. I wanna ignite those moments and you and help them to use the best that they can in their lives to bring the freedom and experience how experience the passion in their in their lives as well. So dreaming it's important to not stop dreams and people have misconception that dreams are just like in fairy tales. You have a wand, you have a fairy godmother is going to come. She's going to swing the wand and everything is going to magically appear and disappear. Dreams are not there to just dream about that. Dreams require hard work and working hard on what you want in your life. Only this is the only way they can accomplish their dreams. And as a direct descendant of the Armenian genocide survivors, whose great-grandparent father was beheaded in front of my great-grandfather, who was nine years old and saw how his grandparents, his parents, were beheaded in front of him, who was running with his sibling attached to his body. And a two and five year old running with him, he realized that he lost his brother, five year old brother. And he at that moment he stopped and he was thinking, Should I go back and rescue my my five year old brother or should I keep going and running aimless aimless without aim, without focus, just keep running. As a nine years old, he made the decision. To keep running, which means he left his five-year-old brother for death. He was beheaded by Ottoman Empire soldiers. For him, living with this regret in his life, what if I would turn back and rescue his, my brother? Could you imagine living your life with a regret? What if? So making decisions requires God requires the fierceness, requires the courage in your life. So making decision is better than no making decision at all. It will hurt you in life. It will burn you in life. It will bring some kind of disturbance in your life. But guys, make a decision today. It will not be the most decision that you want to make, but it will be decision that will guide you throughout your life. So my grandfather, he actually built the city, the foreign city. He was an immigrant in the city. He built the city I was born in. And he put his time, his effort into the dream. So today I would experience what I'm experiencing today. And he was rescued on the border of country of Georgia by the foreigners with foreign language. And they were Americans. And today I feel that I live in America for a purpose to say thank you for everyone who rescued my grandfather on the border. Mm. And I feel this is the mission, that's the hunger that drives me every single day to wake up and the payback with the gratitude that I have never experienced in my life.
1: I feel every single word that you just said. I've always been a student of history, but as a student, you don't live it. You lived yes. it. I can hear the emotion in your voice. People are faced with incredible life and death decisions around this globe every single day. And and we have to realize that the opportunity right now to turn things around and to sh- what we call straighten the ship, you know, I, I always think that if you look at any type of socialism that turns into communism, one of the first things they do is they strip people of ambition. They say, you know what? It's for the greater good. You don't need to be ambitious. We'll take care of you. If you give up some of your freedoms, we'll make sure you have everything you need. And That's the first step. The second step is they take away God. Because where there is God, there's always hope. And like you said, you know, mm-hmm. even from a young age, when people are desperate, they look to God. And if you take away God, then... The, the government, the state wants to become your God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and these are lessons that they're just not told. They're, they're just not being given because we are under deception. And, who, and who's the author of deception? The enemy. The devil's the author of deception. Um, as a parent, as an entrepreneur, as a person who appreciates every single thing that you've said and done, I just want to say, I hope your story 10Xs around the world. I hope everybody hears it. And I love your passion. And I love the fact that you're not going to stop. I watched your work ethic. I watched the way you hustled around that studio that day when we were together. I watched you uh, take advantage of every single opportunity. And here's the thing. It's not just the opportunity that you were given. You pay it forward. I watched you with other people. You did it with us in your Godfitted magazine. Like you're not in it just for you and just for your success. You're in it to pay it forward. You're doing that with your, with your family. You're doing that with, with the people you're coaching. And I just want to, I just want to literally congratulate you and say thank you from the bottom of my heart, because I think the world needs a lot more of that.
0: No doubt about it. I'm thank just you. so inspired just hearing you because I, again, I just, there's such a sense of entitlement there in this world. And um. You know, hearing your story, just it's it's such an inspiring story for me. But more importantly, I just I want to turn the volume way up and allow for so many more people to hear this. You know, especially in this these times we're experiencing, it's a very interesting point in history that we're in right now. And for you to share your story, I think, is by no accident.
1: So, where do you see yourself uh, as we wrap up? Where do you see yourself uh, in the next five to ten years? What's What's your ultimate goal? Are there, what's your big uh, your big vision?
2: My big vision that God has given to me is to take over Minneapolis. I want to bring this healing back to this place so we'll be able to live cohesively and you, you, together experiencing uniqueness in harmony and celebrate who we are. So that's the vision that God has given to me. And in five years, I want to build my, of course, empire, in, uh, in, a, in, a, um, in the terms that, um, bring the people, uh, you know, helping the people to find their voices and helping the people to also find who they are by, by employing people, by connecting people with one another. So we can have the people come to us and, uh, will find their, their happiness in a way that they have never experienced the joy before. And of course, uh, without God, I cannot do that. I always say that I'm unapologetically God's masterpiece, and I put God as a CEO of my life and my dreams. And I want every person to find that masterpiece inside of them to look at themselves as a masterpiece. And I always live with a slogan in my life where it says this, you only have one life, so live it twice. And that's what I want to teach people how to find the passion in their life so they will really appreciate this life because life is a gift that is only given by God for us to enjoy, protect, grind, and make the best out of it.
0: Well, you certainly have done that here and for yourself, for so many others, for the people that um, are going to be listening to this and for those that are going to have the privilege and honor of working with you in the near future. Uh, Alona. we are so grateful um, that you are open to sharing your story here on the Turned On podcast. I know that it ignited something in David and I, and I'm positive that it turned the lights on for all of our listeners. Thank you so much for sharing your Turned On moment and for turning the world of ears that got to hear you today.
2: I appreciate what you guys do for the world and to the world, for your mission, for your turn on. Uh, mission that you you have that based on the Matthew so this is amazing impeccable and uh, that you set uh, forth this great example how the couples can work together how they can appreciate together this is the God design I think this is powerful not many people do what you do so I'm very admired and very blessed meeting you guys
0: Thank you so much for being here. We're so grateful. Listeners, we hope this turned you on today. Until next time.